0: This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joe Swanson. Welcome to Sullen Radio. I'm sitting here with a motherfucker who is in a good spot, Travis Ross. What's (laughs) up, man?
1: Nothing much. Just hanging out.
0: Yeah, man, that's good. You know what? Artistic element. We came in touch with each other. We came in contact with each other. I came down, did a guest spot at um, Goodfellas Tattoo, where you were working with my buddy Steve Johns. Who's over at Chapter X right now? Yeah. Um, We met there, um, talked at Ink and Iron. Yeah. And subsequently, from that time, um, you kind of bounced around to a few shops, ended up at Renaissance. I talked to um, uh, Christian Merrick from Renaissance. I talked to the boss man uh, from Renaissance today as well. Um, You went from there. You got hired at Artistic Element. Yep. Okay. This is a shop that has one, is owned by one of the baddest motherfuckers out there right now in the game, Roman. Yes, he Roman is. Roman Abrego. And you're at that spot. You're in a good place, right? You've grinded to this point where you have this opportunity yep. to take your shit to the next level. Now, that's artistically with tattooing and also in um, what you can soak in from those guys around you. Yeah. So how, how are you dealing with that shit right now? And talk to me about it.
1: It's a, it's a crazy thing, because there's so many good artists there. And everybody there is pushing to a whole nother level. You got people like Pooch, Roman, uh, we got a guy named Wes, kills black and gray and color. We've got bio people, we've got color portrait people. It's a, it's a pushing, you push the limit there, you have to.
0: You've got to push a limit, but what is it, what is that for you? How is that, how are you pushing the limit in your art right now that was different when, well, maybe it's not different because obviously you've came to this point now where you're at the, in this moment,
1: but um, what are you doing to push your art right now? Right now, I'm drawing as much as possible. I've been working a lot with charcoal, um, starting to learn oil painting, mm-hmm. taking that step by step. And I think that just translates into tattooing. And then as far as tattooing, it's been, uh, I've gotten, I've gotten more comfortable in the past year where I'm not just so stressed out about tattooing and I'm actually starting to think about what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and then having people to coach you next to you while you're in that phase, I think is priceless.
0: You've become a little bit more comfortable with the process, right? The actual needle, the skin, Exactly. comfortable, you know, your process, you know, what you're going to use. Have you how much of that, like, have you developed though? Like, are you, have you gone through the gamut of with black and gray using a cap system versus the pre mixed? You know, have you developed your style enough to where like, I'm working in black and gray, I know exactly what I'm going to do every time? Because I think that's where somebody who's been tattooing 20 years, this year, the 20 years, um, I've had to I bounce around with different shit, you know yeah. I came up using kind of a, a dip in my cup system yep. to a cap system to pre-mix stuff, and have you developed that system enough to where
1: you're comfortable like, all right, I don't have to worry about that anymore.: Yeah, you definitely. Yeah. Um, Pooja helped me learn color theory, and that was big for me and being comfortable in shades. Um, he also taught me a couple things about dipping and using, I use, I use dynamic and I break it down with water. I've tried different systems. I've tried premixes, but for me, it's comfortable. I know what I'm going to do. I know when I hit the needle with the skin, I know what the outcome is going to be for the most right. part. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Do you think how much of that was what's happening now because you're surrounded by these guys who've had that experience
1: and how much of that was trial and error? A lot of it was trial and error to this point. And you can be taught as much as you can be taught, but at the end of the day, if you're not doing it yourself and you're not understanding it, then you, know, you gotta keep working at it trial and error, like you said, because mm-hmm. it's never gonna come out perfect at the beginning. And you have to learn your trial and error. I, I feel using different needles, machines, everything, you know, yeah. all that.
0: You, you like the black and gray photorealistic stuff?
1: I do, I do. I definitely went to artistic element to learn more color but my focus is definitely gonna be black and gray right mm-hmm. now. You never yeah. know what the future will hold, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to have, to a certain degree, you have to have interest in other aspects of it, yeah. of tattooing, but I think that this is the day and age that we can focus on what we wanna focus on. You definitely. know, you got guys like Big Mees for, for instance, or Rich, who, you know, Pineda, who's in the booth this weekend they've developed that style over a short period of time and they've said you know what this is what i'm going to do i'm going to focus on this particular thing and so you have that it's a game right now tattooing it's a business it's an industry that you can make your own lane in yes you can you can make your own brand for sure you got a brand you know you you got to take i think personally you know you got to take example from guys like uh, Steve Soto, who's in the industry, and he is branding himself and yeah. that shop that he has, Goodfellas, which is him. He's the the guy yeah. for that. He's branding himself and he's branding that, and he's diversifying. You know, I think that has to happen these
1: days. It does, and if you can do it, why not? You know, we're at that age where. You can be an entrepreneur within your own industry, and then you see people like Steve that have the vape juice going on, and then people like Mike DeVries with Memento Publishing and stencil stuff, and it's it's exciting and it makes you push. Of course, the artwork comes first, always.
0: Well, yeah, I think that those ventures are pushed by the artwork, yeah, you know, or exactly. tied into those ventures. You know, at least, you know, with the vape stuff, it's Steve's tying his artwork, his personality, his yep. his brand into it. That's all part of the the creative direction of it with um and that's with anything you know people are going to resonate with what you are putting off you know and those people are going to become your supporters and um it's a matter of right now yeah we live in a day that's like super connected you know anybody can reach out to anybody pretty much if they want to you know so how do you how do you implement that into that business plan of becoming a better tattooer and becoming a brand or a business, you know, in and of yourself. Because then as an artist, your name is your business, you know?
1: It is. I, first and foremost, it starts with the artwork. You know, if, if you're doing a lot of charcoal or painting on the side, that helps you get more Instagram followers. I think, I help, I think that helps you uh, move towards the path that you want to go to because you can draw something up, throw it on Instagram and be like, this is what I want to do. Come down this week. Mm-hmm. Let's do it and find somebody that's willing to do it for you. Right. And that's huge. And then once you go from that point and your name starts getting known, then you can do things like t-shirts or you can link up with a sullen and do a shirt and then be a part of that family or a lot of people get their sponsors and that helps them get their names out. And then next thing you know, they're making their own product.
0: Right. So is that is that something that you, as a, a businessman, as an artist, look at, you want to try to evaluate what's going on right now in the industry and take advantage of those things? Have you thought about that kind of stuff?
1: Definitely. I, I want to think of something that people need, you know, and something that I can make better, not just to put out a product, just to put put my name on it or have something that sells. I want to do something that's going to help tattooing or help a product or a certain area of it. Yeah. And I think that, comes, that just comes with the territory of, of just looking at the bigger picture.
0: Right. Well, I think it, it takes looking at the bigger picture and it also takes being involved intimately with the industry and that's tattooing every day yeah. and involved with the clients and, and talking to them and involved with the people that are coming out to shows like MUSE INC and, and yeah. INC & IRON in, and, and Palm Springs and these different conventions that are being held where world class tattooing is being done Yeah, you know it takes being out in those environments to know what's needed
1: and it helps you get exposure you know you other artists mm-hmm. see your work and I feel like it kind of begins with the tattoo artists you start getting Notoriety from them, they start noticing your stuff, and then it comes with the clients, and you start getting booked up more. And these conventions are beautiful. You know, I've met so many people because of them, and been able to travel other places that I had nobody to share a booth with because I met somebody at a convention. You can't beat that. Right.
0: So, do you think, like at a convention like this, Music, it's a big music festival. It's kind of like it's a lot of uh, uh, vendor stuff. Do you think there are people walking around here that are interested in getting tattooed, or would um, if you're sitting in your booth for the weekend, you know, taking walk-ups, are there folks spending that money here, or are they here to see the bands, and um, is this more of a a business opportunity to get exposure and just put you in front of those people? And granted, if it is, like, motherfuckers better be taking advantage of the print game yeah. and the merch game, because that's another avenue that they can make money at. Exactly. Right? It doesn't just mean you've got a tattoo all weekend, but... What kind of show do you think this is? And, and what do you look for in shows when you go to them?
1: In my personal history, this show is more networking. Um, if you're local like we are, you know, sometimes it's easier to get clients in, sometimes it's not because people are like, it's my back door, I'll catch you later. As far as people walking around, I definitely think that it's a little bit more towards the music end, but if you got your cards out there, your prints, like you said, those are all things to make that brand more. And they, pe- people get to put a face to what they see on Instagram, which helps a lot, and they get to right. vibe with you and figure out how you are as a person, and it's huge. You know, That's big. You can make a lot of tattoos in the future from just being here and selling, mm-hmm. and you know, putting your face out there, being nice, talking to people, and you're gonna, like you said, some of the best artists in the world are out here, and it's in our back door. So why can why shouldn't we be here promoting at least?
0: Right. And somebody said to me this weekend, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm on that." that level of artist who's working fucking hard and is in that right spot to become one of those world class mainstay like names that you know comes and sits in a booth like Sullen and I'm on I'm at that point and me being here, I'm sitting around those guys. So the people coming through, the clients, the collectors, they're looking at me at that same level as as those guys. Maybe they know that dude's name, but they're
1: also Hey, if he's here tattooing at this show he must be good exactly you know you, you have a lot of shows like that are like that but you also do have some shows that you show up and it's definitely not the same caliber you know and mm-hmm. it, hey you know not everybody's going to be able to do music they opened that second room thankfully this year but you know what do you
0: think about that that uh, this is my first year so i i haven't experienced it differently but what I understand is if you guys come to Music next year most likely it'll be the same setup as this year which is you have this big convention hall and an outdoor area and what it used to be was this is tattooing as my understanding goes yeah. and the other side was the music well now they've opened up this whole other warehouse almost mm-hmm. hangar that's huge that the bands are in and now the two halls that used to be music and tattooing are both tattooing so it's They've almost doubled in size.
1: Yeah, they have. Um, the way I feel about that is it was, it was great for the music. They have way better sound. For as, as far as the tattooing, I'm not a big personal fan of the splitting people up. And I, you know, sometimes kind of feel, some people feel like they're they got second room is like second room, and they got the the loser hat on because there's yeah. not as much traffic, and a lot of people might not even know that there's people over there tattooing sometimes. But you, what do you think?
0: What do you think it's going to take for? Uh for the promoter I mean, let's say let's say the promoter hits this up and and listens to it what does he have to do to get motherfuckers over there into the other room Then
1: i think a little bit more signage would help him you know tattoos in this room and that room signs with uh arrows that point both rooms are you know even you know just letting people know at the front door with a sign that there's two rooms you've got uh places like boston you know where it's in a couple different rooms but every room out there is doing good every room is pumping and
0: what do they have that... How are they telling you that there's other, other rooms? There's
1: signs. Yeah. You know, there's definitely... It's a little bit more open. And even though there's different rooms, it's all in a big area. So you can see, as soon as you walk in, there's one room to the right, one room to the left, and right down the middle. So I think that helps them out a little bit. Setup is everything, man, for a convention. Even though the way that they set the booths up, you know, it, it really um, kind of directs the herd.
0: Right. Absolutely. You know, we have a buddy, um, again my homeboy Steve that we talked about Steve Johns he's over at chapter X tattoo right now and um, you know they're in a spot over in the corner and I sat in a in the booth with him a little bit last night and we were just bullshitting and talking and we watch people where that corner they come through they peek over and they just keep walking it's like on that corner where he's got prints dope ass prints you know stuff that I I think would sell and and do good but he's in a spot where people just kind of glance at it you know and it's mm-hmm. not in the in the heavy traffic spot where they're going to linger yeah. and watch it and so even placement is key when you're coming into a spot like this especially
1: if you don't have appointments placement is huge you know and it kind of sucks but that's that's just the name of the game mm-hmm. you know yeah and sometimes you might have to get out there and start handing out cards outside of it you shouldn't be like up and down the booth like in the middle of boost talking to people but go outside hand out some cards or strike a, up a conversation smoke a cigarette with somebody and, right you know all that stuff helps
0: how, how much of the social part of tattooing is also your business plan you know how, how much do you want your clients to connect with you on that social level and how much does that drive what you're doing
1: it's huge just because you know i remember every tattoo i got and i remember every experience mm-hmm. so if somebody was an asshole i remember they were in an asshole and I never go back to that people, those people, so, you have
0: to look at that tattoo and remember that experience. Exactly.
1: Too. So I think of course you want to make somebody feel comfortable, you're, you're marking them up for life. You know, you're doing something with them that they're always going to remember. So you've got to sit there and you've got to think about that. You can't just always throw your headphones on and not talk to people because some people will take that as rude. And some people think that you're not paying attention to them or you don't care about their money. If you're charging somebody a grand a day, you need to talk to them.
0: Right. Well, now, and I think I was just talking to this uh, about this particular thing. You talk about putting headphones on. I was just talking to this uh, about this with Q, Mm -hmm. artwork by Q. um, And I said, recently, I've discovered that I've enjoyed the times that I've actually put headphones on. Of course. I've enjoyed that because I can focus on this particular thing. I'm not, I like the interaction also, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a social person. So I dig that, but at the end of a line or a beginning of a line being in the middle of a conversation may, you know, put that line at risk for being wobbly. And so yeah. putting my headphones on and getting into the piece and taking that time that I'm actually tattooing as, Hey, and, and explaining it to my client that I'm going to put my headphones on. The, I don't, it's not that I don't want to be social with you. We're going to be social before, and we're going to be social afterwards. And I want to have that mm-hmm. you know, interaction. Because that's all part of it, but during the time that I'm tattooing you, I need to have I, I need to have to be concentrated, and I've been enjoying that like recently, and it's weird because it's it is in a street shop. I work in Lodi, California at Hard Luck Tattoo, and it's like that's been a 16-year shop that's been developed as a street shop, right? Mm-hmm. It's popping, open floor plan. We're talking with each other, we're bullshitting, we're having a good time, and uh, listening to music. Um, and so it can be a little bit secluding, but I think it's good for the outcome of the work.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a catch 22 because like if you're at a convention like this or you know, it's, there's a lot of shit going on. People are trying to talk to you. People are coming up trying to ask you questions. Yeah. And of course, you know, like, Sometimes you need to zone out. For me, I'm starting to find a balance, because there is nothing better than having your headphones on, being in a good tattoo, being in the fucking moment of it, mm-hmm. and just there's a zen moment, and yeah. you're, just, you're like floating, and you're just on it. You know exactly yep. what you're doing. So I feel like at stuff like this especially, you need balance. Like our Artistic Element, we've got a lot of dudes there, a lot of different people playing music. Sometimes I hear a song that I don't really like. So if it's a part that I need to really concentrate on, and I don't want to be irritated or anything, I'll throw my headphones on real quick play a couple of my favorite songs and then take one earbud out and start talking to them. You know, if I'm on an easier part, cause lining, you know, lining, you gotta, you gotta really focus. Yes. You have to be there. You have to be present. Definitely.
0: Right. There's a, there's a looseness to certain aspects of shading that you can be a little bit. And mm-hmm. I've found that too, right? Like during the lining, that's the most important thing for me. When, the very very technical points of the tattoo I want to be 100% focused yeah. now when we're shading and, and it's a little bit looser I can remove that I know my boundary so I can start interacting a little bit more and I, I think that's good um but yeah man it's all part of it
1: it is last year i tattooed with Danny Lapore, my buddy here and he was that like month. you always look so fucking bad when you're tattooing and I started to notice that you huh. know like you got to be approachable. You got to put a smile on your face and I like having a good time. I like laughing. I like joking around. So if I have the opportunity to mess around with a client a little bit, I'm going to do it. And I'll find right. myself listening to headphones and then I get into a conversation I get so lost in the conversation that I'm just going and I'm tattooing and I'm talking and it's just a good mixture. Right. Absolutely.
0: Talk about Danny Lepore because beast uh, on the way down here to music, I uh, stopped off at some no name gas station. and. Mm. Looked over to my left as I was buying my, on you know, cover. S- water and, and uh, trail mix. He's on the covering magazine. Yeah. You know, Carl Grace has some crazy shit to say about that guy that he s- makes him second guess his uh, statement that he's the hardest working tattooer out there. And that yeah. motherfucker puts it in. He puts you know it in. I mean?
1: He's he's either 21 or 22. Sorry, Danny. We're really good friends. I swear. But uh, he's a beast. He's focused. He knows exactly what he wants. And he, he's taken advantage of being the, the, the guy that talks to everybody, that is super nice. He's great with his clients. Somebody pisses him off, he still keeps his composure, texts him nice. Danny's so on it that it's scary because he is so much younger and he progresses so much every week. And you know, he started, I know him personally-
0: every, Listen, every fucking week. Did you hear that? He said every fucking week. This guy yeah. progresses every week and that's true, right? He's committed to what he's doing. He's put himself, you know, we can all say that he's been fortunate to be around those guys. He's got a great start. He's got a good mm-hmm. people around him. But you know what? Nobody's got an excuse because the information is out there, yeah. right? And Carl Grace can tell Danny Laporte to fucking hustle every day. If Danny Laporte doesn't have it in his goddamn heart to hustle, he's not going to do it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So he's got something that is, aside from his situation right? Mm -hmm. Of being around these great artists. That's not what his success is. It's because he's a bad motherfucker and he's putting the work in.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, Danny comes out here a lot and he stays with me when he comes out in guest spots. And at the time, last time he came out, we were driving to Renaissance every day. It was a two hour drive from my house. So we had time to talk and we're good friends. And it always came back to tattooing. It always came back to doing something bigger, stepping it up, Mm -hmm. working on designs he ended he, he's so giving he would always say what do we need to do to help you it right. wasn't always about him and he's always willing to share what carl and luke palin if you don't know about luke palin he's tattooing with carl and danny he did my hand freehand beast yeah. look him up that he's
0: man how how crazy is it that we can have a conversation for 40 minutes 35 minutes whatever the fuck we've been talking and we both mention people that neither of us know about that are badasses you know what i mean you you can say probably 10 names right now that i won't know about and i can say 10 names that you maybe not don't know about and they're all killing it
1: but that's what's fucking amazing dude it is amazing (laughs) like i'm pumped right now i you saw me last night i was on cloud nine Mm -hmm. you know i finished a, a tattoo that i was actually happy with which it doesn't really happen, and I guarantee you in a week there's going to be things that bug the shit out of me about it. But it's so exciting right now because I feel like everybody's pushing each other. There's going to be negativity. There's going to be competition. But I like the friendly competition. Like in uh, Tattoo Nation, Freddie Negretti said I'd look over at Jack, and I'd be like, what's Jack doing? And then I'd look over to my tattoo, and I'd be like, oh, i got to yeah. pick it up. i got to do right. it. And that's what I love. Mm-hmm. Looking over to my best buddy, Josh Hagan who pulled Tattoo of the Day yesterday. He's tattooing. I'm tattooing. We're looking at each other, looking at it. What we're both doing, and we're both pumping each other up, both helping each other. Hey, do this here, do mm-hmm. that there. Well, he does that to me. I never tell him what to do because he's he's got more knowledge than a lot of people <laughs> know.
0: Well, talk about talk about him, man. He's a guy. He's got one of the, in my opinion, again, this is just my opinion, right? Joe Swanson talking about it. He's got one of the coolest Sullen shirts out right now. Oh, it's killer. Okay, and it's his first Sullen shirt, so he's got his Sullen TV. Um, he did your tattoo mm-hmm. on that. Right, yep. he's got his uh, that he's getting shine right now. A guy who's been putting in the work again, putting in the work, doing the traveling, doing the tattoos that it takes to get to the point where you start to get that recognition from people other than your clients. You start to get it from these resources that are bigger than than that, and they acknowledge what you're doing is cool. And he's been getting that, man. Talk about his influence on your work and. Hmm
1: he's a bad be, motherfucker right he, there he is he's gonna be mad at me for this because i'm gonna go on a little tangent and he doesn't like compliments but he is probably one of my top three influences i met him at the first convention i ever did and he has always helped me in personal life tattooing confidence he walked up to me the last time i was tattooing with him out in tucson and he's like you know what you're doing put that shit in there don't play with it put it in there like you're taking an extra half an hour just because you're playing with it hey you know
0: what he said something to me that he learned from nico uh in the first yep. podcast that we talked about you need to make a competent and confident decision with what you're doing in your tattooing yep. right and that's that he's taken from a guy who's you know traveling around on a on a tour, tour bus and an air and a and a an airplane with Diddy tattooing him, you know, for, for weeks on end, Nico Hurtado, who's killing it. And what he got from that guy is make a confident and competent Mm -hmm. decision because you're not going to, I've talked about it to people that I've said, you know, they've asked me questions about tattooing and what can I do different? I say, you can plan that shit out, do a color study, do a shade study, make sure that you know, and I do this in my own work too. I've been more recently doing more of a shade study before I do it to see how it's going to play out. It's and only going to
1: help your tattoo. It's only going to help it's, your tattoos. It's a it's, uh, muscle memory, mm-hmm. brain memory. You know, like yeah, yeah. When I Be first prepared. started doing pro- portraits, I always drew them in pencil first, even if it took a week. And because of that, like I did a Lucille Ball, ball portrait that's walking around here that I saw healed. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And a friend of mine walked up to me and he's like, "You want to know why that came out so good? Is because you drew it before." and you took the time to study it and learn it. And we don't always get the chance to do that, but if you do that and you have good reference, it's pretty hard to fail.
0: Right. And you know what, somebody talked to me about um, like, oh, you know what, don't want to give any uh, secrets away, but a very, <laughs> um, one of my favorite painters right now, he <laughs> works in a acrylic on a wood panel a lot. And what he said is, uh, I talked to him about underpainting you know, because I'm starting to
1: embark I know on exactly this. Exactly who you're talking about. Shut the, just,
0: <laughs> I started to embark on this process of of uh, picking up acrylics, and mm-hmm. based on my inspiration from this guy, right? And so I was like, I want to do this. You know, I painted yeah. in watercolor. Um, I got, you know, you can go to sullenradio.com and get the print. The last print that I have, time and tide out. That was an experiment with just sketching right onto board. No stencil, no nothing. Just drawing it on and seeing and utilizing um, some sacred geometry and shit like that yeah, into we it, right? Yeah, we're talking about that through text um, messages. But this—that uh, um, was that was that particular project. Fucking, I lost my train of thought.
1: No, you were talking about using under underpainting. Okay, and stuff so like he that. was talking about
0: underpainting, and uh, he's like, sometimes I'm just using underpainting as a process to paint it twice. Yeah. Right. He paints it once and he underpaints it and he gets his like idea of what it is so when he comes back to it with the acrylic he has almost painted it already and mm-hmm. he does it again and so it's it's like revisiting it and one thing that i think is uh people can get from hand drawing stencils right mm-hmm. like you can hand draw a stencil you can sketch something on by the time you get it to the fucking stencil you've already drawn it probably exactly. a handful of times unless it's a very very um, photorealistic you know, representation of something, like a, an actual picture. Um, but if you're creating something for somebody, by the time it's gone to stencil, you've cr- you know, done it oh. over and over and over. And each one of those times, you're getting better and better at those exactly. shapes and those shades and, and the things that you're putting into it.
1: The, th- the way I look at it is um, I still get scared when I start a piece, even if it's a piece of paper. I'm always like, fuck, I don't want to fuck it up. And I feel if you do something loose first, you get a little bit loose yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you have a game plan and you see it a little bit more and you've looked at the reference or whatever it is, and you've, it's like building a house. You build the foundation first and then you build up from the foundation. The, right. An underpainting is like a foundation. A, a loose sketch is an under foundation. Mm-hmm. Drawing out your stencil. I watch a lot of people's uh, DVDs. Carl Grace talks about it in his. He sketched out the whole stencil like very lightly in different tones and all that. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. Because then you already have it in your head, and you're not having to look at your re- the, your reference every single. You're second. not
0: taking that extra half hour yep. of fucking around. Exactly. You're putting it in there, and you're getting it done. And one, that's a benefit to the client because it's getting done. It's getting done quicker, mm-hmm. more efficiently. They don't have to sit through the pain, even if they're using you know some sort of uh, something to help them through that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They can still. It gets done fast and quick because you've done that preparation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm very slow at tattooing, but I look at it this way. You know, you wanna take your time, of course, but you're dealing with skin, you're dealing with swelling, you're dealing with people's pain and their nerves. The better you can get in there and get out, it's gonna be better for everybody, yourself included, because then you're back sometimes, your client starts complaining, which is, you know, if you're in a tough spot and they're sitting there for four or five hours, You know, if you have more of a game plan going into it, you're doing everybody that's involved with the tattoo a huge favor.
0: How do you work that? So that kind of pushes into an idea that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and that's pricing tattoos, right? Uh How do you deal with um, people saying, well, that tattoo only took you two hours and you charged me $400, you know, are you really $200 an hour? And I. Me personally, I you know that's not what it's all about. Yeah. It's not about just this is how much it, this x amount of tattooing gets done in x amount of hours, and this is x amount of dollars. There's so many variables involved. Yeah. How do you deal with that? With trying to help your client out on the pain side uh-huh. and be expeditious in your tattooing and efficient in your tattooing, and then allowing them to feel like they've actually gotten what's their worth, worth their money's worth.
1: Well me personally i don't like hourly um i set it up usually half day or full day and if it's something i can bang out on in a couple hours i'll give a flat price but you know if it's got a lot of detail even if it only takes me two hours and it was a brain picker it's going to be a little bit more if there's mm-hmm. you know a bunch of straight lines and circles sorry it's going to be more if it's on your hand it's going to be more if it's on your neck it's going to be more you have to think of positioning and all that and you can't shortchange yourself mm-hmm. even if it is a small tattoo you need to take in technical difficulty the time it's going to take and all that is a huge factor and of course you want to help people out you know and a lot of us end up knocking off money off of the tattoo all the time if it's yeah. something we really want to do we're going to do it absolutely you know and it doesn't matter if we get everything we want from it it's it's doing that art and having that feeling when you fucking put your machine down and do that final wipe and you're like I did it I did well sometimes I the it.
0: sometimes the product is is more has more worth than the uh what you're getting paid to produce the product (laughs) right yeah
1: and i I feel like anybody that's really into tattooing the euphoric feeling that you get when you finish a tattoo even if it's a small one but you did it right and you know that they're happy that's irreplaceable man the money's gonna come if you're pushing it the money's gonna come you gotta focus on the art first and that's what roman always puts down my head pooch always puts down my head those dudes have been through it all they know the business side of it Mm -hmm. and now they're at a point where they can charge a fair amount of money but it's worth it you know what i mean i'll pay i would pay both their daily rates to get tattooed by them if i didn't know talk about
0: their influence on you right now just business wise and tattoo wise what are they you know that's one thing that they're feeding into you what are what else are they like giving you as a as a young artist that is in that moment where you have a great you know opportunity to be on a big platform
1: um pooch and i were talking about it last night i did a tattoo that he he approved of very much and i told him thank you for everything and his response was all i did was help you see what you already had inside yourself Mm -hmm. and i love you and that's huge you know mental is the first thing that they've helped me with and then when you have technique roman is a fast tattooer he can do black and gray he can do color pooch is killing black and gray and color. And the way they approach things, the way they set up. Pooch has a very, very particular setup. He's very OCD. I've learned a lot from that, and I've gotten cleaner and more put together.
0: Uh, you know what? I just read an article on uh, Randy Engelhard, who also has a very specific... He's like, mm-hmm. you could tell the motherfuckers that I apprenticed because they all... Oh, look at the setup. Oh, that's Randy. You know? Yeah. And he has that same, like, very... He goes, it just makes my shit more efficient. You know? It yeah. makes me more... Uh, able to do my job easier.
1: Everybody's got their different stuff. You know, like they both had me try different needles and they, they're never like, do it this way. Here, try this. Yeah. Try a Cheyenne cartridge instead of a T-Tech. Try a round. Hey, why don't you pull, pull your throwback a little bit? Yeah. You know, you'll get a smoother blend. If you never try
0: it, you never know.
1: Exactly. And you never know
0: it's gonna work. And it may and it may work on one person, but you know what? Skin's a motherfucker. It may yeah. not work on that next person. And so it, you have to be adaptable too.
1: Yeah, and everybody's comfortable in their in, in different aspects, you know. Some people are a lot more comfortable pulling lines, some people hate to pull a line. They're like, do not make me do that. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, so it's with them, it's being able to try different things, but they're not trying to make me into them, they're trying to make me into me. And just like Hagen's always told me, they both tell me we would like to see you get better than we are. And that's key because a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't want to see that. And they, they will point out their faults that they might see in me that I can improve on because I'm still at a young age and tattooing. And it's done wonders, confidence, everything, like even just in life, Roman is always reminding me not to take anything too seriously and live life and have fun. And he's gotten me out of my head so much Uh that my life has gotten better all around. Right. I can't say enough about either of them.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's what Pooch said also about Roman. You know, he's like, I wrote, that dude, everything. And I think it's something I talked to Rick Walters about this morning that a lot, you know, sometimes the lineage of tattooing, that passed down feeling like that's my family, that's like who taught me, that's, it's being lost because guys are learning on the internet, you know? Yeah. And um, not that that's a bad thing. But you can surround yourself with mentors. You can surround yourself with people that are in your life that you do, um, by circumstance, have a lineage to. Then, oh, you yeah. know, and I, I think that that idea of that passed-down craft and that trade has to remain. You
1: know. Yeah. Every um, six months, I feel like I, I start kind of a new apprenticeship under somebody. Somebody else starts helping me out. I can tell you through my whole career the peers I was going through who was really helping me out at that time. Some people I've known like Josh, my whole career and my mentors, Jason and Donovan from Suicidal Tendencies Tattoo, you know that I've been with them forever mm-hmm. and they're always going to be influences. But now I have, I told Pooch the other day, you're like my new mentor. And it's right. so important to find people like that because it's only going to push you to a whole nother level.
0: Yeah. What, what does it say above your, uh, above your eyebrow? It
1: says ambition.
0: Ambition. Yeah. Talk to me about that.
1: Well, if we want to be honest, it was a drunk tattoo.
0: I don't give a fuck. If it was a drunk tattoo, it? it's something, you know what, honesty, it comes out of drunkenness oftentimes. It does. I'll be the first to tell you that. It does. You know? And I'll be the first to tell you that I might not remember this, you know, the, the next seven minutes of after honesty comes out, it's yeah. like patches. That's my nickname. When I get too much Jameson in me, it's like patches. Yeah. So, uh, but oftentimes honesty comes out in, in, uh, that liquid courage. Yeah. Uh, It's obviously meant something to you at the time. Talk to me about that. It did. Why
1: you got it. I mean, Flox did it, number one. And I've watched Flox his whole career, and he hustles. So uh, he was like, hey, let's tattoo your face this weekend. It was in Palm Springs last year. And I was like, cool. And so I'm thinking of something to do, and I'm sitting there, and... You know, if I could have chosen the word differently now, it maybe would have gotten something a little bit different. But like you said, things happen, and it is what it is, and you roll with it. And it was at that time I had just gotten the Renaissance. I was really pushing it. I was drawing every day. I remember. I was starting to do portraits, and it was just like at that moment in time, I'm like this is – I just felt it. It was, And I still do. It, it's just flowing through my veins. Yeah. I'm always wanting to learn, and I'm. it's just such a passion for it i
0: it's think crazy. that in 20 years and 30 years you can still look at that tattoo and you know hopefully you're still striving to be ambitious yeah you know what i'm saying and, I, and it i think that is uh it's not the worst thing to have above your you know looking no. at yourself in the mirror
1: no it's not definitely not at all and it and like we were saying it, it was a moment in time it's something that i'll never forget every mm-hmm. time i look at it i'll remember that time of my life and where i was at personally definitely wasn't where i was now and I was a little bit lower in my, my own personal confidence and, and thinking back on stuff like that, it just makes you appreciate where you're going now and makes you remember that road up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If somebody wanted to have that experience with you, Travis Ross, where do they, how do they get a hold of you? How do they hit you up? How accessible are you to the masses?
1: Uh, pretty easily. You can go on Facebook. You can go on Instagram at Travis Ross tattoo. Um, you can email me Travis Ross at gmail.com. Um, I'm looking to do some really cool black and gray stuff, some more evil stuff, uh, definitely doing some script, and I'm gonna be working on some color realism, some flowers and stuff like that, build myself up and, and work on that, maybe be able to do some evil stuff with color, kind of the way that Duffy and Makes those dudes up. do it, and just try to do something new. You're, you're never gonna do something completely original, obviously, but you can find your own flair to it, and that's yeah. what I'm trying to do right now.
0: Absolutely, man, I would encourage everybody to go check out Travis Ross. Um, check them out on Instagram, Facebook. Um, go check out uh, Artistic Element as well. Yeah, you brand know. new shop. It um, is insane. Insane <laughs> shop. I see it being built on Instagram from yeah. afar. I can look and admire it. And uh, We all helped build it, which was huge. We yep. all put our own dirty work into it. Absolutely, man. So it's great. I appreciate uh, you coming on and talking with me about this point in your career, man um hopefully in 10 years we'll have another talk about that point in your career definitely and uh, everybody can go always check me out on instagram at og joe swanson you can follow the um the official selling radio page at selling radio and check out the website sellingradio.com but i can't guarantee that that shit's going to be updated but (laughs) my instagram that's me daily yeah that's all of us daily now you know or you know what you can you can hit me up directly like i you're an accessible you know, dude. If you want to get a hold of me, it's 707-704-6909. Yep. That's my cellie, right always there. Personal always get a text back, shit. too. Yep. OGJoeSwanson at gmail.com. Joe at sullenradio.com. Anything, man. You can hit yeah. me up. You yeah. know? So, um, you guys got questions. You got um, comments about the show. Um, you can always go to sullenradio.com and hit the question everything tab as well. Send them to me. That comes yeah. right to my iPhone as well. You know, I mm-hmm. want to know what people want the direction of of this to go you know yeah. what do you want to know from guys like, who are up and coming like Travis Ross what do you want to know from guys like Nico from BJ Betts from mm-hmm. Rich Pineda you know what I'm saying so um this can be something that the sullen family brings you know can can be a part of mm-hmm. and encourage the direction of so I love the new
1: slogan together we rise
0: together we rise right you know uh, I dig it too man and uh, it is true um just like you found an artistic element that family type style sullen family has that um and it's good to be a part of something that's positive and Mm -hmm. feeding uh positivity into this industry it's amazing
1: thank you for having me on dude it's an honor you've always been helpful always been very supportive much appreciated my pleasure man thank you travis yeah